so if you think about it like that city do you want a city where the subway like where like the public park has like a 15 dollar entry fee do you want a subway that's like kind of charging you as much as they can get from you like do you want all of these things that are like public infrastructure in the city do you all want them to be like private trying to create business modes trying to create defensibility trying then trying to use that defensibility to charge a higher price than the than the than their their weaker competitors or have more profit margin and maybe eventually turn into monopolies and like uh, i think it's great that like the water utility of nashville is not a private monopoly i would pay way more for water and the person that happened to own the water company would like make so much money because everyone needs water right there's one set of pipes right and so canto sort of like hey like what if these things we've understood that are like core infrastructure especially core infrastructure that's potential for monopolization what if we just made all of those public To Mission D5 with Brad Nickel, where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission D5 and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. I'm excited today to have Scott Lewis from a project that I've become pretty heavily involved with, and and I'm certainly a small investor in pools and yield and lending on the protocol, but not an investor in the project because there are no investors in the project. And that's Canto. It's a blockchain with a decentralized ethos. And that was the thing that I was really enamored about with the project. But Scott has a solid background in the space, has already been a builder and contributing, and uh, now he's a, a contributor to Canto. So Scott, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got here and and then we'll get into what Canto is and why. Yeah, so I was uh, in traditional finance as a trader for about 11 years, doing like mix of prop trading, ball arbitrage, options market making at different points in my career. And then fell down the Ethereum rabbit hole late 2016, 2017. Switched over from, from Trod just, just to like trade crypto, like perp swaps, ICOs. And then <laughs> kind of second half of 2017, or like, Kind of on the side in 2017, we was in, involved in a building kind of a public service site called Concourse Q, which I sort of did scam due diligence on ICOs. Oh, nice. And that was kind of like my first experience, like building a thing and, you know, it's pretty bad at it, made lots of mistakes, then started trying to build other things, made lots more mistakes. And then while continuing to make mistakes, build, was involved in building a DeFi Pulse, which was and sort of the creation of that the total value lock metric. And at the same time, or around the same time, also was involved with the creation of DEX, a site called DEXAG, 
which was kind of the first DEX aggregator, which has now been rebranded as Slingshot, which is a is a really fun fun deck DEX aggregator and kind of I think the way most people trade on Kanto, maybe everyone. Yeah. But at least right now. We hope more come in the future. But yeah, and it's kind of been involved in the Ethereum community that whole time. Still love the Ethereum community. A lot of my businesses are focused on it. But yeah, I was sort of like thinking about, you know, how can we kind of like use all as like the technology is maturing and it's becoming like easier and easier to launch an L layer one, like what 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 can you do that's like different and solve problems that maybe the initial Ethereum launch did not expect because no one had launched like a smart contract platform. And so that was sort of like kind of the idea on Kanto. And then, yeah. What was, I, I want to skip back real quickly. When you were yeah. to kind of your background a little bit, when you were in TradFi, were you doing, or TradFi, were you doing, um, were you trading for yourself? Were you trading at a, a, at a firm? Oh, I started at... I did four years at Esquihanna International Group. Sure. Started actually on the floor of the SIBO in Chicago, wearing a funny jacket with a little nice. bit of hand signals. Then moved upstairs. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I started a trading desk at a, at, at a more like a mid-sized firm, like six enormous. And so I started a trading desk at a mid-sized firm, I guess, on Wall Street, lower Manhattan. And then a few years after that, started a broker-dealer out in Brooklyn, actually. Nice. And then, I don't know, just sort of like... Yeah. I, so you went from a broker dealer to like seeing Ethereum and saying, oh, holy shit, I've got to jump in on this. I mean, was that like, uh... yeah, like, so, so I was actually reading, I just came across a random press release for a, for a project called Augur, sure. um, which is an early prediction market project. And I'd previously been involved, like uh, I was like a long time ago, played a lot of online poker and some like live sports betting arbitrage. And that was all shut down by just like the government overnight when Bill Frist put like a like a, a line into an unrelated bill. And then it was like everything that people were like doing with like online gambling at the time was just like done. Right. And it was like, when I read Augur, it was sort of like, whoa like this is like a whole different system that you can like organize the financial economy like the, the financial system around and so i sort of just kind of like got started reading and then about three months later i was like all right i'm gonna do 50 50 time between trod fee and like just playing around in crypto and then like four weeks later canceled bloomberg subscription wow and then yeah it was just like full time that's but, uh, insane, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. No, it is fun. That's that's a pretty fast transformation though. I mean, at least most people would not have like completely shut down their old career in that in, inside of like four months. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well the the trading markets in early 2017 were not that professional. <laughs> yeah. So like there was a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Put it mildly. So but, it wasn't I mean, like it you was, were shutting yeah. down your income flow. You were just shifting over and yeah. taking advantage of how the markets were. I get yeah, it. Yeah, at good. that point in time, it was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it's a pretty good market to trade. That's nice. And then it, it became more than that. Like I started, uh, you know, just engaging in the community in different ways. And it like kind of, you know, became more than just like a cool thing to trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty quickly. So you kind of went from a half-half missionary, half-mercenary to to 
well, I mean, you still want to yeah. make money, but yeah, a, a pretty full on missionary. Yeah, the the thing a lot of people I think don't necessarily realize it's like almost counterintuitive, I would say, but like like it's almost like deprioritizing money a little bit, like like you actually can do better in the long run financially, yeah. and so like that's I don't know that strategy's worked for me pretty well. That's that awesome. The idea of saying, "Hey, let me focus on the." on building or growing and not focus necessarily on how much I can make in this hour, this day, or this week allows you, allows the money to come a lot easier because yeah. you're you're creating something or you're working on something or learning about something. Yeah. Like if you look at like some of the the biggest players in the Ethereum community, you see a lot of people, they do like kind of principles first yep. and they've also done really well, you know, yeah. like, like, Vital like, you know, no one ever think of Vitalik is super in it for the money. But for a kid his age, he's doing quite well. Um, <laughs> he's kind of sad. <laughs> and like, but I, I think you see that model in a lot of like leaders in the community. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, I think that makes a ton of sense. I mean, it kind of, kind of goes back to all those, uh, all the times people talk about things like when you give to others, you get it back. You know, when you're giving into the community and you're engaged and you're building or you're helping grow the community, then, then it's more likely that, that you know, the, the good things will come to you. Yeah. All right. So Canto is very mission oriented, but real quickly, I want to touch on, on slingshot. Was that something that just kind of came to you one day out of frustration of trying to figure out where to, to actually trade in a decentralized fashion and figure out where the best deals were or how did that come yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, yeah, it was kind of one of those things. Like when I first started, like, you know, it was just like, a few tokens traded on either Delta before they got listed on like the C tier exchanges. Right. And that was all of DEXs. But right. then a little later, you know, you, you had some different DEX projects, but all the DEXs, since it was so early, all the DEXs were treating like trade on us. We're the best DEX. Right. But like in reality, this is all on the internet. So you don't like have to travel in your car to different locations to check the different prices. Right. You should just pick the best one. And like having like not radical innovations to anyone in Trodfi, but like spreading an order across different exchanges is like pretty normal, right? right. Um, and so like, I don't like, yeah. And so I don't know, it's just like, hey, why don't we just like toss them together and then people won't like trade the wrong price on the, on the wrong decks. That's awesome. Yeah. When you look, you're not a, I, I mean, I don't think you are like a hardcore developer, right? You're, you're, are you? I'm not, a soft, I'm not a software developer. I've written the occasional Python script in my trading career, but like. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I that's know. what I thought. So your, your yeah, role is ideas and strategy and business development. I mean, how, to, how, how do you go, the, yeah. how do you go Sorry. about creating? Like, you know, I mean, for example, Slingshot. Yeah. Like, I'll, okay, so I would say, I would say, like, if I do have a skill that, like, within is within the pantheon of things that actually are useful, it's mechanism design, <laughs> uh, which means sort of like protocol design, incentive structure design, and I really like doing that. And then, yeah, just, just, I don't know, like, I, I would not say I'm a product manager. I'm just not that great at being detail oriented. But like, product, like, what should the product be? Especially early on when the product has to be very simple. Right. I, I like helping out at that. 
at that stage, but really kind of like incentive design, like mechanism design, I kind of think of it as everything that's just on chain, but like, I think really good incentive systems, they mix kind of those really explicit on-chain things with like maybe more subtle or more implicit like off-chain incentives. Cause it's kind of like people aren't just motivated by money. They like have a lot of things they're trying to maximize for in life. Yeah. And and so kind of like finding, finding the way those different things play together. I don't know. I like wow, that, I mean, that makes sense. If you, I mean, if you just take a look at what Slingshot does, right. Saves people time, saves them money, reduces hassle in their lives because it, it aggregates trading from across multiple exchanges. Yeah. And then also the people that are actually building Slingshot every day, like, like, I mean, the back end is great, but you don't see them as much. Like the the designers, the front end and product at Slingshot are just like 10x better than me too. So nice. it's like, he was like, here's a little skateboard. Can y'all turn it into a Lambo? And they're like, okay, sure. I'm That's like, great. great. Do you have um, like a core group of folks that you've worked with over the years on in those roles? Or do you just kind of have an idea and then start talking to people and end up with it? I would say a mix. I mean, there's there are a lot of people that I've, there are there are like people that I've collaborated with over the years. There are a lot of people I'll collaborate with like on a new thing. Yeah, it's really just I don't know, always sort of like looking for people that are I don't know, like I like to work I like to work away and like, you know, some people I'll work really well with, other people uh, and so yeah, so kinda just like always looking to work with people that seem like it'd be good. Nice. Okay. So Canto is a is a bit in scope is a pretty significant thing because uh, essentially you took well I don't want to put words in your mouth but I'll tell you what I've got right from it and why I'm involved in it it's this ethos of not only decentralization which we we all say we want in, in the space as much as possible and and growing but this ethos of the primary core components of what you would expect on a chain to not be rent seeking to not to yeah. be engines of growth for the chain that that projects can use but that are also not like taking funds out of people's pockets every time they do something just because there's a amm there right for me those are two compelling things but i think the whole thing together of at this time especially launching something that wants to do those two things and provide the engines for growth and then we talked about and we'll talk about them more in a minute, kind of the incentive structures you're building in for people to develop on the chain in terms of revenue. All of those pieces together to me were very compelling, especially right now. Like, I think the timing yeah. couldn't have been better for Canto, not for like explosive growth, although it's been pretty friggin' explosive relative to other chains. But I think from a, from a community perspective in DeFi, this timing was excellent. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think when like, when I think about like, very short like kendo why should you exist it's like when you kind of touched on it earlier ethereum's like the first smart contract platform and like right. you think of it if you go back to like the really early speeches it's called I, I feel like it's called a smart contract platform because it's like a decentralized analog to a software platform and so it was envisioned as like this incredibly neutral public protocol with an app layer that's just like all like privately deployed protocols trying to make money just like we might all put our programs on aws and see how many subscribers we can get right i think since then that but i mean it made sense because ethereum did so much more than than bitcoin did but we didn't really right. know what would happen 
but now we've seen what's happened. I think what you see is these things are less like AWS, but distribute like but decentralized, and more like cities without geography. And so, if you think about it like that city, do you want a city where the subway, like where like the public park has like a $15 entry fee? Do you want a subway that's like kind of charging you as much as they can get from you? Like, do you want all of these things that are like public infrastructure in the city? Do you all want them to be like private, trying to create business modes, trying to create defensibility, trying and trying to use that defensibility to charge a higher price than the, than the, than their, their weaker competitors or have more profit margin and maybe eventually turn into monopolies. And like, uh, I think it's great that like the water utility of Nashville is not a private monopoly. I would pay way more for water. And the person that happened to own the water company would like make so much money because everyone needs water. Right. right. And there's one set of pipes. Right. And so Canto sort of like, Hey, like what if these things we've understood that are like, core infrastructure, especially core infrastructure that's potential for monopolization, what if we just made all of those public? And then we'll yes. have the layer one do that. And the layer one also kind of support that that public infrastructure, kind of yeah. like how Canto tokens are going to liquidity providers right now. And yeah, and then and then sort of that like, hey, public public infrastructure without necessarily everything needing its own governance token, like what could we build? And then, yeah, we're kind of, I think you kind of hinted at it a little earlier, but coming up on like a CSR contract secured revenue kind of had its, had its, had its first audit and then kind of like hoping that can create some opportunities for other people to have economic sustainability while also adding more, uh, non-extractive protocols to Canto. Right. So the idea behind that is let's align the incentives. Let's have people building protocols that also are the park that doesn't charge admission or the subway system that doesn't try to gouge you for, you know, express trains or whatever, and provide them a revenue stream from the fees of the chain without, if they agree not to charge fees for utilizing the protocol, right? And, and so yeah. essentially they're getting a revenue share of the gas fees generated on Canto itself. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And so like, a way to think about this, and I'm going to compare this to Ethereum. Canto is obviously much, much smaller than Ethereum. So, like, these numbers are just like if Ethereum had contract secured revenue, not really comparable to Canto. But, right. like, it's like in the last 30 days, users have burnt 3,200 ETH interacting with Uniswap V3 and another 1,400 ETH interacting with Uniswap V2. So about 4,500 ETH. If Ethereum had a system economically equivalent to CSR, Uniswap, whoever, like the deployer of that contract, maybe Uniswap Labs, would get 20% of that ETH. Nice. And so they would like I don't know, about 1,000 ETH, a little shy of 1,000 ETH. And so they would just get that paid back to them from the layer one protocol. And so it provides a path for a team to have a protocol without needing a fee switch or a token. It doesn't prevent them from having a fee switch or a token if that works for them, right? Like kind of- They like, can still deploy. Yeah, like going back to our cities metaphor, like the free public infrastructure supports private enterprise, 
like you can have a business in a city just like you can have a business on a, on Kanto, but you also have the option to have that economic sustain, like to, to achieve economic sustainability without needing to charge your users. Yeah, and that's fantastic because that look, it's from the perspective of the people developing protocols, right? There are there is the incentive to try to, you know, potentially get filthy rich because you're charging users and you've built this great model and this great product. But there's also the idea that if you're building protocols under under this incentive structure, you you are your motivations are aligned with growth. And it allows you to build further on top of what you've already built or in conjunction with what you've already built or deploy more. Because it's funny, I years ago, I worked for a company that does credit card processing and set up a bunch of deals. And to this day, like seven, eight years later, money comes into my bank account every month, right? Yeah. And it's nice to have. And I don't do a thing for it <laughs> anymore. And this idea of having kind of recurring revenue streams is fantastic. And if you focus, can then focus on building new things, improving what you've already built, growing the user base of Canto, which is your motivation now, because the more people using Canto, the more people using your protocol, the better yeah. off everyone is, then your incentives are, are nicely aligned. That's one of the things I yeah. thought was so fantastic about this model that you were deploying because now developers don't have to worry about this. There's less need to be like this going for this big shot and more capability to just grow something steadily and build a revenue stream. Yeah. And, and one of the other things that I think is really cool is yeah. So you have this, you have sort of this, those base fee sharing on layer one, one thing. So Canto is not the first people to invent different dev rebate systems. I'm not sure if anyone are, I think some are currently in production. Maybe Nears is currently in production. I'm not sure. Yeah. One of the things that's really unique about Cantos is you get an NFT, right? That the owner of that NFT will be able to claim their share of that base fee. And so, you know, like how you have the credit card processing residuals just kind of hitting up, right. that cash flow is, an, is tokenized on chain with the NFT. And so you have the ability to build other financial things that take advantage of those cash flows. One example might be like, let's say you turn those cash flows into an NFT, which is like basically our CSR NFT. Right. You might be able to like put that NFT, lock that into a smart contract. It's collateral. If you wanted to, you know, buy a vacation home. Right. Right? right. And so now we have an on-chain cash flow that's secured by the contract activity that can 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 support kind of a different style of lending that we haven't seen. And potentially, or I don't know, like I think the idea of kind of fixed rate lending against future cash flows is really interesting. And if you're going to a bootstrap that sort of activity having something like that's sort of like I'm, I'm hoping CSR NFTs could sort of be the first type of collateral that works. Well, it's, like that. it's, it's interesting because coming from that, uh, having worked in that credit card processing industry, there's, there's a formulation there called capital advances and it's incredibly predatory. They primarily prey on small businesses that are struggling. They charge outrageous rates, but the idea is you turn over your credit card processing to this other credit card processor and they give you a loan, an advance on future revenues based on your historical revenue, right? That you get in your business. But they essentially take and gut these businesses, take everything out of them and then 
you know, they're, they're left to shell, but I've, it's interesting you brought up that example because I think that's one of the things that, that blockchain could be beautiful at crypto could be beautiful at handling and making it fair and reasonable in a market-based fashion. So this idea that people building protocols can actually get funding for another protocol or for buying a house or for whatever they want to do against their future revenues is. A really yeah. Powerful. Like these, it's like kind of like really in that cut is like why I'm sort of like very, I don't know, more mission driven about DeFi, let's say, because when you say like, okay, well, why was that loan so predatory? I think you look at like basically small business owners, like I have some cash flows, who wants to lend me money against them? What price they're willing to bid in that auction or offers their rate in that auction is a function of their costs and their competition. These aren't huge loans. You don't have like Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan like Lining fighting, up, yeah. fighting to give like fifth and fifth and eight bodega a credit card processing loan, right? right. And so there's the guy or the, who is the person and they offer a really bad price. Exactly. Um, and it's running on rails. There's a lot of like costs to collecting that loan to like, I mean, the credit card processing angle makes it a little, little less cost than the, the old route <laughs> or organized a supply of bats. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's better, but but with DeFi, like, let's say, let's say the, let's say that, let's say those credit card processing fees were just like put to a custodian, and then streamed on chain. Exactly. You could conduct an open auction for anyone in the world to look at the data, make their best price. And you go from a competition of one, maybe two to like 7 Hundreds. billion humans, yeah. whoever yeah. does the best thing. And so that's sort of like the, where markets are most inefficient, I think in, in general hurt the least privileged the most. That's right. That's and right. So, now it makes a ton of sense. It's, it's actually something I'd like to, to see built on on chain, I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, I love I love the the model, and and I think it makes a ton of sense. And again, it's yet another encouraging factor for developers to come in and build something that they can then potentially build the next thing because they need cash to to hire people or whatever they need to do. And that that facility provides that ability to do that. And, yeah. and look, that's an that's another reason I'm a fan of of the chain is because. I, I see the way you're building in these incentive models, you and the other contributors that are that are building. And and to me, it's it's just smart. It's just a smart way to do things differently. And, you know, I, I know that people, Maxis, Ethereum, Maximus, or whomever, get annoyed when new chains come up. But from my perspective, number one, comp competition is always good. But number two, this is an evolutionary process, right? And there are going to be people that like one component of one thing and one component of another thing, and that will be appealing to them either as developers or users or whatever. Uh, and I think that the kind of thought process that's going into Canto is the kind of thing that will drive change elsewhere. Right. Especially. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Like for sure. Like, like, I don't know. I, I hope that like, you know, Ethereum just can't like ship something completely wild at this point. There's too many people using the chain. They can make, iterative improvements they can follow a preset roadmap but i think for like even even the base fee burning was met with with a reasonable amount of like controversy because it was new and might break things i mean yeah. i don't even think it 
was that complicated? But like, if you can, if another chain tries an idea and they de-risk like kind of that unknown, unknown adversarial economic gain, it can actually let the, the chains that are currently larger like have more safety if they want to adopt those ideas. Right. And like, I think in general, the, I mean, like it's, it's so, it's kind of so weird. There's like big Ethereum maximalist now because like the whole time, like 2017, 2018, everyone did like maximalist is the dumbest thing ever. Exactly. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's still dumb, <laughs> but, but more in the Ethereum community seems to like it, but not that many. I mean, I think it I just think, feels so ridiculous yeah. in the Ethereum community. It just feels like a bad joke, you know. Yeah, but I can see yeah. that I can see. I make fun of the Bitcoin maxis too, but I can see at least the Bitcoin maxis saying we were first. That's why our cult is the cult it is, whatever. But if, for Ethereum, it's just like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I yeah, I also think a lot of the people that are called Ethereum maximalists. Are people just really like Ethereum? I mean, there right. are some Ethereum maximalists, but I think like the people that are actually like true Ethereum maximalists is, is like a quite small sliver of the community. Yeah. Like a lot, of, I know a lot of people that are, yeah. Like I think the same thing's true of Bitcoin maxis. Look, I think there are. Yeah. I think there's they're just the loudest part of the Bitcoin community. So where they were, where they were, <laughs> it's starting to shift. Yeah, they've been shrinking, yeah. it seems, as yeah. reality catches up with them. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. So I think we've gotten a good summary of it. You guys, you know, launched this thing. What's it been now? Four months? I think a little more than that. Maybe five. Maybe five. I'm not counting. But I mean, I, I am, but. <laughs> yes, you are. But, it, but I mean, it, you know, it's not about keeping score, but let's keep score. I mean, this thing has climbed up the. TVL rankings on DeFi Llama at an, an unbelievable pace. I mean, for a while there, I was updating a, a, a Twitter, you know, every other day with the climbs past. Yeah, I mean, that that's been nice. I I I mean, it is nice to kind of like track the progress. I think it's it's like Nearly every blockchain project that fails fails because something about what the community was doing did not work and fell off the rails. Right. And I, I think a lot of actually the one thing about like like the the rise of, of DeFi Pulse, obviously not as relevant anymore, but the rise of DeFi Pulse like kind of taught me just being on the other side of all of the founders that were very concerned about their rankings. And then also watching how like other people that were not those founders cared or didn't care. It's, it's like, there's this whole social status game uh. that has nothing to do with like long-term success. And I, I think especially like, like, I don't know, just I've seen so many vertical, like battles within verticals where everyone in the vertical lost. I've been a part of some of those verticals myself, <laughs> but I've also seen other verticals where the most intense rivalries won. Interesting. Like the the war between, like, I mean, one is sort of always fought with everyone, but amongst the Dex aggregators, there was just a lot of bad blood. Aeroswap and one inch, 
and also me and the the human tech stack in one inch but like when it finally came down to it like really mainly had exposure to tax aggregators being a good idea and their execution of that idea and i think you know it just very early on when those things were like the most raw they were all tiny tiny little businesses like unfunded even and now like the size of all of those businesses is so much bigger than it ever was and it just sort of like it was an experience for me just to be like it didn't actually matter yeah, like it not, was just it wasn't a winner take all yeah like it was just like people i i think and people kind of get over indexed to like over indexed to their competitors and so like i really like try to just like just build your own except for you know? Cardano. well <laughs> yes well no and yes obviously <laughs> i think it's a wonderful joke in a couple it ways is. it is it it like yeah it's like sort of the gag about like or for context with you fan i know this canto as the cardano the one true cardano killer because it like pokes fun of this whole thing like why do we have rivalries with who we have rivalries with like That's no great. one has a rival with cardano because it's, yeah. it's like this odd scam chain yeah uh, but they're like people and stuff like but why <laughs> why don't you feel the rivalry with them because they're not in your tribe you're not competing for them with social status and so and then That's also, funny. I think anything that just like kind of lets people know that bad chains are bad chains is good. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. <laughs> totally agree. Let, let's show you the difference between these. Yeah, yeah look, I, I mean, I've heard me, a lot of good things about Cardano NFT scene, though. That well, might be our next, all right, uh, our next target. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I, to me, the compelling narrative around that rapid climb and joking about passing whomever in, in, in those rankings, to me, it, look, it's, it's, it's the social narrative, but it's, it's that, I mean, it just has happened so rapidly that I think it's because there's a compelling story behind the ethos or the idea behind Canto, right? It's not, look, I mean, some of the percentage yields right now are really good because of the incentives that are built into the system. And, and that's exciting. And that's why people are in there. But what I have found is, is that I'm seeing a lot less of stupidity and there's still look there's still stupidity but but i'm seeing a lot less stupidity a lot less of just kind of the you know the behavior you don't want to see and, yeah, I'm, no, and, no, and you're no, not policing yeah. it but it's just happening naturally right yeah like i think yeah i think it's just important for like leaders in the community to not like or to do their best to like not not amplify or kind of promote yeah. projects and yeah and the other thing i think even like no matter what like or you know no matter what of like relative comparisons it's like really important to realize like you know handshakes high fives to even decide we wanted to build a thing that we didn't know yet would be called canto those were less than 10 months ago wow right and so wow. like and and then the launch was only like this summer and the entire concept and chain is just very new and very risky and like we're trying to test out experiment with a lot of different ideas at the same time and so like i'm not like i'm more focused on like like future growth like the sustainability of future growth maybe right. more than the speed of growth and then like less like 
you know, size right now is like a thing, but it's, it's not like, it's not what you want to get right right now i would say right what um, are your what are your thoughts about kind of making it sustainable i mean what what do you think has to happen for the for the project overall i mean i i, I really like sort of the like i i really like the, the the ethos of the community like i knew the ethos of the pre-launch contributors of course but kind of there's the ethos that is right now is like very much grabbed changed and remixed by the community and so like i think having a culture of your own is like one of the most mm -hmm. underrated and important things about a blockchain community one reason i think that's really important and sort of like we're in sort of like these the off-chain incentives and kind of these tribe social status things is when you have your own culture people care about the canto community Right. right. And I think like I've seen a lot of people that like I don't know or I interacted first with their anon handle just on Twitter. Right. And it's clear that they do care about Canto and they're contributing to like Canto's culture. And I, I think like getting a really good like 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 that at its core is like like this it has to be authentic and special and unique and like that's i don't know that's what i was like i didn't know what would happen but I, i've really been i don't know just like how much like it's not even work because i mean like people just making jokes and culture and memes and vibes is like not work but like the amount of like effort people have put into like sharing what they what what they're creating and stuff has been like really cool and so like like i would i mean probably not what the kenta community would love to hear but like i would gladly trade like market cap for culture all day long yeah that makes sense um, well because culture sustainable market cap comes and goes yeah i mean if your market cap's too high it's gonna go down forever and then everyone will be mad <laughs> and then you have no culture or anything um absolutely so wow. yeah one of the interesting dynamics that I noticed at the beginning in, in, in the community was at first I was frustrated, but there is no like core team of Canto, right? Nope. There's, there's, there are people who are contributing and building. There are some separate teams doing that. There are individual members and they're all contributing and they're the people that put all the hard work in to build it. And it's a fork of, is it, I don't, you say Evmos or EVMmos? I don't uh, know. Yeah, I think Evmos or Evmos. I have no idea. No uh, idea. But anyway, I, I don't mean that as a disrespect for you. I, I say Evmos. Okay, that's what I say. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're the ones that, that, there's a group of people that had to fork it, had to build it and everything else. But you guys took a decidedly, like, you're engaged in the community, you're in the chats, you're answering questions occasionally, but you took this position of, there is no core team. So people asking for admins or help or whatever, at first I was like, oh my God, somebody's got to, you know, dive in. And then I realized, oh shit, maybe that somebody is you, or maybe that somebody is somebody else that's going to dive in. And, and yeah. that naturally has occurred and that's pretty powerful. Right? Yeah, no, that's been, that's been great. Like I, you know, every time I'm in the chat, I see, I mean, F and clown, then another not safe for work number answering questions for people. I mean, if I hired someone, 
they would not pick the handle that <laughs> handle but you know i'm happy i'm happy they're here and like it's like you know like the i would i, I feel like there's three there's three like or the three most authentic, and i know we were ripping on bitcoin earlier but like there's three tribes in crypto that i think of the most authentic bitcoin ethereum and cosmos like Granted, Ethereum has Vitalik, who like I'm a huge Vitalik fan in general, and Ethereum had the EF too, even though a lot of decentralized spirit. But like, those are kind of communities where like they empower everyone in the community to be part of the roadmap, to fight over the roadmap, and I I think when you like when you kind of like say hey, like what do we want to do and you kind of step back a little like people don't want to be f like like if you say you're in charge and we're doing everything for you people will just kind of be fans or not fans or haters right not yeah, or exactly. not care but like well they'll be fans today and hate you tomorrow yeah, yeah sure and, yeah and so just just like like I think naturally people like want to help each other or a lot of some, not everyone, but like a lot of people do. And like kind of for the one like little thing we kind of, it was a, a little mean, but for the launch, we picked a social faucet, which means there is no faucet, which means before you send assets over or maybe after, or like, or you just want to get your airdrop, Wait, did you have to do to get your airdrop? I forgot. No, but... I think the airdrop just came. I can't remember. I got it, but now I don't remember. Yeah, but didn't you have to like register your address before? But I... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so you had to ask someone for help. And of course, there's not enough pre-launch contributors to even help everyone. Right. And so what we saw was that like some people were just like helping and then other people would like send back more as yep. a thank you like the slingshot troll box was like a lot of helping the discord was a lot of helping and you saw like some of it in other channels in telegram and so it sort of like wanted to like set this idea that like there's there's no like there's no government office to petition to have your problem solved like it's just a decentralized network yeah. of computers yeah well i thought the I I think I think the experiment in this kind of like let's see if the community does it thing was is is scary and really cool to see at the same time, right? Because it's kind of like this let's watch everybody jump off the cliff and see if, you know, anybody's going to get throw out parachutes or whatever. I mean, I, I don't it's a horrible analogy, Yeah, but. I mean, the the pre-launch contributors that chose to build on Ganto no one was paid. What well, no there were some there were a few people that were employees of other orgs that got paid by their org but nearly all pre-launch contributors and all the orgs that took token like no one was paid for their like it was just like if you want to build this project you can and then we we didn't even like you know grants later depending right but yeah so i don't know that's cool. No, it's cool. It's been cool to watch it happen. That social faucet was 
rolling so fast. I mean, it was like nuts. But, a lot of uh, mis- mixed experiences, let's say. Yeah, exciting exactly. Exciting times. <laughs> That's great. So I went into the first, you guys had your first hackathon last in October. Mm-hmm. And I went into demo day. I, I, I've, I've done a lot of startups in my life and I've seen some pretty abysmal hackathons and, and demo days. And I went in with low expectations like very low expectations for something this new had nothing to do with it being Canto or anything else. It just was like, this thing's only three months old. How how the hell could anybody have anything of value? Right. And I was totally blown away. Just like, Holy shit. Look at this, you know? And then I went to the second one thinking, okay, well, my expectations are a little higher. And then I'm like seeing like full blown launch pads and, and systems being built that I'm just like, holy shit, people are really building. I expected a ton of copy pasta. I expected a ton of, you know, and there was like really innovative shit and really cool things and people that had obviously thought through what they wanted to build. I mean, yeah. were you were you surprised that 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 at the caliber of what came out of that? Or were you there all along and so you kind of knew it was coming there? I was worried the second one would be, I was I was really happy the second, like the first one's novel. Right. And I, I kind of knew a lot. I I knew there were good devs in the community. The second one, I was worried there'd be like a we just do this, but that <laughs> one was really surprising. Yeah, that long long time ago. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I I think it was the first online hackathon in the Ethereum community for a now dead project called Subtle Finance. Um, but so 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 we we I I had I had run a couple like a couple of these before like kind of kind of this low fidelity grassroots kind of vibe and we had some real we had some really good people not me working on it which was great but yeah i don't know i'm like we like for the third one we had 13 projects at the midway point in that thread and some of them looked really cool and that was pretty impressive and i'm just i didn't do anything relating to it this time around so that was it's pretty fun to kind of see it take on a life of its own the other thing is we're kind of like took this really risk like i don't really know of anyone else that's done this like hackathon every month yeah it's kind like of, over like half the crazy calendar. pace yeah like people are hacking over half the calendar days of the year forever if the experiment works and i think early results are like it, it's kind of growing i think yeah especially like i mean this is like obviously a lot of people can't do a project in december so like if we even tread water on like a holiday month i think that would be a pretty good a pretty good validation but yeah we see we see well look i mean at the size of the the chain as it is now the fact that people are are digging in and building cool innovative stuff is to me pretty amazing Right. And and it's not like you're paying them a million dollars to the winner. I mean, it, it's a nice little chunk of change, but at the end of the day, it seems like it's all about, Hey, I like what you guys are doing here. I want to build something here and I, I, I want to come, you know, I want to compete in this thing, but I'm still going to build what I'm building. Right. And so yeah. that's, what's been impressive to me. Yeah. Like if you want a hackathon with bigger prizes, there are many yeah. and you should not participate in the Canto <laughs> one, but, but really kind of that magic is when one, like, you know, the like i would say if, if you have some of the skill sets to build a startup and you want to like like if you want to like 
take the next step to like activate to kind of a next level of involvement in Kanto. Something in Kanto online hackathon is sort of that like wide open door nice. to like run through. Yeah. And like a lot of like the, a lot of the ways that like this is I'm trying to think about like sustainable funds, like in like a community that people actually want to spend time in is like having different, like if you think about these communities as sort of like huge open orgs, having like accessible ways for when people are ready, they can kind of take that next step. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so hopefully the have hackathon is like a good, a good, a good open door. No, I, I think it's great. And I think it's been fantastic. What else is coming at, at the, at the base layer of this thing? I know the revenue share is coming Do you have a guys have a timeline on that? I, I think they're working on mitigations because the audit was on code for Okay, um, And so that initial bugs were report, like we got all the bug, the, the bug reports were submitted at the end of, by the end of that contest. And I think they're in a mitigation process right now. And so once, once that's ready to roll we should uh i don't know i mean i hope 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 the dow votes it in or I, i'm not sure if it requires a dow vote to activate or it probably also requires a an, a fork to upgrade okay but yeah get get that on chain for real the other thing that like at least i've been talking about would require a dow vote but is i think we're getting closer to feeling comfortable about some baby some baby lending parameters to borrow against lp tokens okay. in in the lending in the canto lending market and that's just the 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 dow votes on parameters and it's shuttled through to the evm to make those changes so and i think well there's a little yeah that also kind of like to go with that we might sort of do a little forum for kind of economic like mechanism design and kind of like economic discussions oh, around Canto. I want to avoid governance internet forums, or I will not be supporting a governance internet forum because I think those are like little, <laughs> little, little like petri dishes for fights and a lot of time wasted. But how do you solve yeah, that? Maybe something where we don't have them. Oh no. Okay. But I mean, in terms of the discussions you want to have, I mean, how do you, how do you, I don't mean. Well, I, I think if you're like looking at something like as magicians, right. Where people are talking about like, like protocol upgrades, right. Rather than like voting on like salaries or yeah, yeah. liquidity mining, like giving away, anytime you're giving away money and a group of people is giving away money to another group of people or an individual. That's, I don't know. There's always trouble. I've, yeah, I've noticed there's a lot of fights around that in sure. different DAOs. So I don't want that. But well, the, the nature of the system is, is, is one that it's not really a necessity, right? You've already proven that the hackathon model gets people engaged in building on the protocol. I think that the revenue share model gets people engaged on the protocol. And you're not asking anyone to vote for any given thing right you're you're not asking them to say hey i want fifty thousand dollars to build this for you you're saying yeah build this and if it's the best thing or one of the best things you're going to win a prize and then you're going to get a cut of the revenue right yeah. so that that to me makes a lot of sense yeah i think like you know in a really in more medium long term like i would really like it if we sort of like had an upgraded like governance process that's what i was just um, about to ask about 
yeah because like uh, i think sort of it's like anyone can propose and anything and then we just vote on it it's it's good for doing simple things i think it breaks down once you have complicated proposals and so i don't think it's like the highest priority for i wouldn't put it as the highest priority for kanto right now but but i think if we want to start getting into like governance doing complicated things we have to have a more a more like i don't know robust decision making process um yeah like you well, don't I'm, yeah i don't know how you design for that though in terms of participation by a community and complex protocol level stuff it, to me that's that i i'm i'm cur- i can't wait to see what you come up with <laughs> yeah well i I, I did a little political science or I don't know. I, I was, yeah. Yeah. I think like there's a lot of like checks and balances. Sure. Uh, there, there's two core problems. Like you have to have checks and balances so that like some groups can be their interests can like have some robustness against other groups that would like to take their economic interests. And then you also have to have, I think within the governance framework, a provisioning for people to do actually do the technocratic work to like, like some questions are like food fight questions. Others are more, if we want to do this, what actually is a good way to do it? Right. And so like, I think for that, that's sort of like one of the hard things about the way DAOs are currently structured is there's no one, no one within the actual governance framework starts off being like incentivized to to do the hard and boring work. That's not that like high drama question everyone wants to like, fight about yeah yeah that makes total sense i get a sense this this last this and one other question i always ask everybody but i get the sense that for you and i don't mean this in a callous regard towards canto but for you this is as much about building something successful as and and you can tell me i'm dead wrong building something that can be successful as much as it is also for you a method of experimenting with different components of what we define in this world what does that and and if that's the case does that mean for you that yeah it would suck if this whole thing failed but if we accomplish driving forward the space it's great or for you is it more no 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 i really i mean i know you want it to be successful don't get me wrong but yeah i i would say i would say it's like look we like take a step back from like blockchains even right we have like real world governance systems that were designed like 200 ish years ago, right? We have financial systems that were designed before the internet, right? And we were like in, there's like nothing about, there's, there's nothing in the designs of these systems that were, that were picked to accommodate the challenges of like how the world has like crazily changed over that time period like the people like the the people in power that can make changes can make like little adjustments like new supreme court precedent or something and there's like course corrections or there's new legislation but like these like core parts of the framework are like very ossified right and so don't think it's possible for anyone to know what better systems look like when they're economic systems where people are playing adversarial games inside them. 
until you like try them. And so like, I, when I say Canto is an experiment, it's, it's more like Canto is an experiment that I hope works, but I have no idea if it will. And I would say that no one really like, I mean, maybe someone just has a really good idea why it fails and I don't get it. It's like, maybe sure. Like I can't, but I, I can say, so yeah, someone may not know it will fail. No one can know it will succeed. Right. And so, yeah, like I, I don't, maybe, maybe it's like a little like, yeah. And the other thing I think is really important is making that idea that Kendall's experiment very explicit because anyone that's participating in Kanto and actually having assets on Kanto or owning Kanto tokens, like it, it's really easy for like people's like biases from their economic like situation to like make them not make them maybe underestimate the risk. Right. And so we talk about his experiment that's so people don't like there's no one that's going to make money for you right like like you know if i decide in a week that like i have to dedicate my life to like artificial general intelligence like i'm not promising i won't do that i no one in the canto community is promising they will be here to make money for you right it's just like it it's kind of like a a voluntarist kind of experiment i think and so like a lot of it's so that like people don't get carried away because i think we've seen and maybe it's kind of i don't know like i think we've seen when projects take the other approach and underestimate the risk you end up with all some people that kind of believe them yeah of um, course, of course. And, over and yeah. over again well yeah, i think so. yeah you know, I think that this is just a really weird balancing act because I think one of the biggest problems we have in the space is kind of this belief in specific people to lead, succeed, get, make you money, whatever it is that, you know, stroke your ego, whatever. And I love the idea of saying, hey, this is an experiment. This, you know, not not just as a disclaimer, but as a, as a, hey, your participation here is experimental as much as the whole chain is experimental and the ethos of the chain is experimental. And I think it's weird. It's a weird balancing act for, for me personally. It's been kind of like, man, I love this thing. I love what they're doing. I, I want to get more engaged. I want to be more involved. I want to maybe deploy something here with, with my partners. And then at the same time, I think what it, when, when it's, when, when you think about it being experimental, you always think, okay, well, how long is long enough until I feel like I'm cool with it, right? So it's interesting to see how many people are plunging in to build here. Um, and they're essentially making a bet, right? On the experiment, at least for that thing that they're building and they're putting their time and yeah. energy into. Yeah, so like, it's interesting. I don't know how you balance that. I mean, I, I sort of think about it like, kind of like, it was like, like, I, like Lindy a little bit, like kind of this idea that like, Okay, every day there's money on Canto, someone could steal it. So every day someone doesn't steal it, <laughs> absent new upgrades, which we are also making, right. or the community is choosing to make, like someone doesn't steal it, it's less likely it's stealable. Right. right. And I think the same thing is true for everything blowing up in a no one actually stole it, it just all got destroyed scenario too. And so I don't know, it's just like little, little by little by little, you know, like, and like, I think a lot of projects maybe do a lot of stuff to like, 
try to create a perception that that like that that unknown unknown risk is lower than it might be but i think like if you look at like how long it took for like bitcoin or ethereum or, or cosmos to like people really start using those chains on like a very regular basis i like if you let people like judge the track record to slowly start using it for more and more things i think you get a much more authentic community and you get the longer term sustainable growth yeah if it doesn't blow up totally agree or or find another way to lose but well, and that, and you know, what's interesting is then you get the advantage of people taking a measured approach to it, right? You get the advantage of people not plunging in with everything they have because yeah. they have accepted that. That makes for this growth and this building of layers of trust. And, yeah. you know, uh, uh, that makes it, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like, just maybe a little, it's kind of like self-selection, right? Yeah. Like the neighborhoods I would want to live in, I don't want to live like, if it's all like here in Nashville, it's all Vandy students and college bars. I don't want to live in the same neighborhood my parents do, right? I'd like to live in a neighborhood with like people roughly my stage of life that like I would hang, maybe want to meet socially. I mean, not obviously, it's not that tight. It's not like that tight, but in general, like I like the vibe of where I live. My parents like the vibe of where they live. Sure. But everyone's happy. If you start off a community, with really kind of scammy over promotion, I think you attract a lot of builders that like scammy over promotion. Yep. And and so if you started one of the disadvantages, well, not disadvantage, but one of the effects of not having scammy over promotion is you don't get as many like like pump or Eiffel Eiffel Tower formation or Birch. Yep. I guess the cool kids are calling it Birch formation now. I think. But <laughs> but 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 what we want is like a group of authentic builders that attracts new more authentic builders. Right. And so the community socially scales in like a sustainable way. Yeah, that's fantastic. Love it. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Canto? I can't do a lot. Yeah, man. But, uh, good. <laughs> so I ask everybody on the show a question. It's going to be interesting. And I'm going to limit you to not saying Vitalik in this question. Right. Who in, we're just getting away from people talking about leaders and, and figureheads, but who in crypto project or person do you think has either been incredibly valuable to the space and does or does not get credit for it or that has been really kind of inspirational to you in the way you think about things like building canto and decentralization and this ethos yeah i, I would say especially sort of thinking about this question a little bit earlier like the the people that were already ogs when i came in that I, that I look that I, I mean i looked up to a lot of them obviously we talk one but like i would say like tevano Mm. like Nick Johnson, Mariano Conti. And there was a lot more like, like Peter from Geth, Absa, like a lot of the people that were like taking on work to build like really important things for the community. They weren't over promoting, you know, they, they were really engaged on like community sessions in like a thoughtful, non-toxic way. And like, yeah, like I, I feel like those Ethereum got a lot of like really good people like that, and that's sort of like, even though the ICO bubble got super scammy and terrible, there was that core that was the real core of the Ethereum community, and that's like what made Ethereum Lindy through like the post ICO bubble crash. That's awesome. Uh, and like the bear market, and so like 
yeah i would say yeah i mean it was a lot more than one but no no that's that's an excellent answer well and i think i think people with that kind of approach to this whole thing is what we talked about at the very beginning right the that there are people that benefited from just building and having a good about community and approach and growth and the mission and so i think those that's a great answer love that scott thanks so much for coming on man thank you brad it was a pleasure chatting with you it was fun i appreciate you being here thank you and i'm looking forward to getting more involved in canto so thanks for helping to build make it happen we welcome you thanks buddy (laughs) 